Record here. Record there. We're recording twice. Let's try it again. All right. Good morning, folks. This is Tyler Fleming. You're listening to the Dead Man's Coffee Club. Good morning, Anthony. How's it going, man? What's up? What's up? I'm good. So, we did this one time, and we didn't share it with anyone. So we will never share it with anyone. We will never share it with anyone. But I think it, it uh, we unintentionally confused people because we had a very clear idea of what this deal is. And yeah. we didn't share this very clear idea of what yeah. this is with the world. Um, right. So I was thinking maybe today we could we could talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, we, we kind of jumped right out the gate. Uh, talking about something really heavy. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't start with anything like deaf people. Not not even the, the slide. No, no. Um, but I think, yeah, I think it's a good idea to uh, give people a, uh, a good understanding of what the Dead Man's Coffee Club is. Because with just the name, we paint with a, uh, with a pretty broad stroke. Uh, but there is some like pretty good rich meaning behind the uh behind the name and it all started with a conversation it's it's something that uh you know you and i started you know developing this relationship uh over instagram and uh, started having this conversation about fatherhood and about movement and about, you know, being husbands. And, you know, even that started to, to expand and, and evolve. And now we're, you know, recording that and talking about it. And so the Dead Man's Coffee Club is, is kind of this all-encompassing conversation that hopefully I think promotes you and I and our listeners to being the best version of themselves possible. Would would you say that's correct? I agree. Uh, so you can't see it in any pictures that we've posted on the Dead Man's Coffee Club, but my one arm is covered in tattoos and um, my day job, I'm just kidding, is uh, I'm a teacher, <laughs> and I work with knuckleheaded uh, high schoolers. And their favorite question to ask is, "What are your, what do your tattoos mean, Mr. Fleming?" And I always say about life. It's, they're just about life. Yeah. I'll tell yeah. you when you're older, because it's about life. <laughs> um, and I think if we're gonna generally encompass this deal, which is funny considering what our first episode was called. Um, is about life and this yeah, process yeah. of living and becoming. And I think you and I connected because we're uh, in different places, live um, on a similar trajectory. Like, oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and in a sim in a similar process. Yeah. And um, that maybe that conversation has value outside of you know just in. You know, the DMs we send back and forth. <laughs> right, right. Um, so let's let's build some context for for, sure. for some folks. Um Yep, let's build some context. Uh 
what time is it? What time is it? There we go. That's the let's see. Start. Let's see. Oh, it's hard for you. It's five forty-three. Forty-three. Yeah, <laughs> I got it. Five forty-three, and it's Saturday. And our scheduled time to do this was four thirty on Thursday. Um, but I think it was four thirty. It was early on four thirty, which is around our normal time to be awake yeah. and trying to become people. Um, but I'm an idiot and slept through it. it. Um, so, (laughs) which rarely happens, but, uh, it's kind of, sometimes you need it. It's yeah. So it is what it is. Um, let's, so we can start wherever you want, but, uh, all right. So let's, uh, let's start with the name. Okay. So dead man's coffee club, uh, coffee club in and of itself had a lot of of meaning going into this conversation and i'd like for you to share for a minute um you know kind of why you know you had a a project that you were working on called the 36 cent coffee club and that was something that i was not willing to allow you to let die uh, for for good reason, and I think that it has a lot to do with this conversation that we're having today. So, um, just talk about that for a minute and how that kind of folds into the conversation we're having now. For sure. Um, so, uh, two falls ago, so fall of 2016, um, my family and I were in the process of trying to buy our first house. And I was also teaching in a new school. Um, my wife was pregnant with our our son, and there's a lot going on. And um, yeah. there came a time in late fall, so we'd been looking for maybe five, six months at that point. Okay. And um, you know, usually when you're trying to buy a house, you have something in the bank account to buy that with, and. Um, one Saturday morning, I went for a walk and a look in my phone. There's 36 cents in my bank account. And like I said, we're trying to buy a house. We're living with my mother-in-law, um, trying to buy a house. And the baby's coming in March, whether we have a house or not. So, you know, what are my options, right? And it is mostly a mindset thing that I was trying to achieve here is like, I can fall over and and just let this thing run run me over, or I can do something yeah. that's gonna help help with that. Right, I'm gonna add value here, and so I was like, I'll start a coffee company. And I think initially is like maybe I'll start a little uh, you know subscription coffee deal or whatever. Um, I quickly let go of the financial deal behind it and turned more to the conversation just around becoming, which is, um, has been a big focus in my life for a while. And so I just write and, uh, for a while is interviewing folks, having conversation, having conversations with folks. I I don't, (laughs) one of the most interesting things in life is having a conversation with someone, not, interviewing them and like barraging them with questions but like having an actual exchange listening that sort of thing and um so yeah it was it was just about the conversation of becoming uh whoever you're becoming right 
um, in a time when physical material wealth was very minimal and uh, you were not willing to let that idea die no I uh I, I found it and I still find it valuable because I've been in similar situations. Right. And I think that that's part of the human experience. And that's one of the beautiful things about being human is resilience. Uh, I, I think that our ability to, as the uh, old Marine Corps adage would put it, adapt, improvise and overcome how that applies to uh, and is incorporated into the way that we live. You know, we can we can kind of submit to our circumstances or we can make our circumstances bend for us. Right. Um, you know, we can choose to become something other, something better, something that is going to be able to stand the fire a little bit better. And, you know, like I said, I've, I've been there too. I've, I've got a, a wife and a young daughter and, you know, there have been weeks and months and dare I say years where we don't know how rent's going to get paid. Um, we don't know where our next meal's coming from and, you know, we're just trying our hardest to make it to see tomorrow. Not necessarily as a survival mechanism, but, you know, we're, we're searching out, you know, this, this, this territory, uh, also trying to see how, how we can improve, how we can get better so that maybe somewhere down the line, this thing isn't as difficult and even if it is we're so used to it we're so used to having to be resilient we're so used to having to adapt that it becomes our normal and so now growth becomes normal changing and developing as people becomes normal and I think that that's something that I, I really gravitated towards uh, with your message and why I wanted to kind of include Coffee Club uh, as, as somewhat of a, an ode to or paying homage to uh, that notion. And the whole dead man part at the beginning, I was, I think it was Easter Sunday. It was. You, know, you and, you and I. It's also a been, funny thing, the timing yeah. of that. Right. <laughs> I, I didn't even like put that together, but that's great. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm in the car on Easter Sunday, and Tyler and I have been kind of racking our brains over what the hell we're going to call this podcast because we knew we wanted to have that conversation uh, based around growing and developing and becoming but we just didn't know what the full name was and I'm in the car on the way home and it hits me that we are while this this conversation talks so much about life it also talks so much about death because in order to 
really become anything. Old ways, old habits, the old man has to to die. Yep. Uh, so then the, the idea of death and how death ties into the richness of life, that, that started to kind of creep into the conversation. And so I'm in the car and it hits me, dead man. You and I are are dying on a daily basis. We're two dead guys having this conversation about living better. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so here we are. Yep, time's ticking, right? It's uh, we don't <laughs> uh, we don't have that many years left, right? Uh, if we live, if we're lucky enough to live to a hundred, right? Yeah. We have yeah. some thirty odd years or seventy odd years. Excuse me, we're not seventy. Uh, seventy <laughs> odd years to 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 live, which sounds like sounds like a good chunk of time, but in in the truth of the matter, right? If uh, we're really doing this thing, man, yeah. there's 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 the limits are are not as close as they seem, and we have a lot of growth to happen. And so, as you said. Um, and as many, many wise folks have said before, you have to allow yourself to die each day, each moment to that, the previous version of yourself died to allow this new person to uh, be born and kind of, uh, evolve. Yeah. And how, how can you expect to grow if you have never given up ways and habits and mindsets to make way for better you know, better ways and mindsets. Right. And it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's the shift between like this terrible things happening to me and what an opportunity it is. Right. Absolutely. I um, mean, talk about, talk about what you're going through right now with your oh, foot. Yeah. So, um, when we decided we were going to start this conversation, because I'm an idiot, um, I am a phys ed teacher, and I um, was playing basketball on a Friday with some of my kids, and I jumped up and landed off the court, and a kid's backpack was right there, and there's something hard in the backpack, and when I landed, I heard a, and I knew immediately it was my foot, and something was not good with it. Um, Ouch. I've sprained an ankle before, and I did not think it was my ankle. Um, fast forward a couple hours, I'm at the um, urgent care, and they x-ray, and lo and behold, there's an accident. Or, uh, not yeah. an accident, <laughs> a break, excuse me. Um, and so, yeah, what an opportunity for me to slow down and change perspectives a little bit and get better at some things I'm really shitty at. And um, my wife for the last month has had to wake up an extra hour (laughs) early to drive me and the boys in tow to drop me off at school and then add an extra hour to the end of her day to pick up my eldest from school and then come get me from school and yeah, you know, right as rush hour is about to hit, and so um, it's just been a really, it's been, it's probably one of the best things that's ever happened to me, honestly, because it's really, um, I, I I don't like to use the word forced, but you know, it's forced me, invited me into 
I like that, yeah. Um, into becoming something better, hopefully, right? I, I yeah. can't rush around in the morning like I, I wanted to. For the first three weeks, I was on crutches, right? Now I'm lucky enough I can walk in this boot. Um, so I'm still slow, but I can move a little bit faster. And uh, now the opportunity is to keep that perspective of I don't have to rush around um, yeah, yeah. as my foot heals, you know? So, yeah, it's just a, I don't know. It, 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 your perspective on things yeah, man. can change yeah. everything. I love the notion of situations and uh, and things that, that, that we go through as being invitations to become something different or to learn rather than life just kind of happening to us you know, it's, it's it's not that at all life isn't just happening to us life is inviting us to to learn and, and to grow to to develop to take on new shape based off of our experiences yeah and that's something that happened with you and you know i, I think that that's uh that's pretty good it's not terrible. I mean, it's, uh, you know, and I think whether it's something is, I mean, a foot's not that drastic, but you re you, you realize real quick how often you use your feet when um, <laughs> you're not able to stand without pain or put weight on a foot or yeah, like a yeah. shower becomes a thing that you think about, right? As you're, yeah. <laughs> you know, holding onto the walls to make sure you don't <laughs> fall or whatever. So, um yeah, I mean, and that it it goes for ideas as well, right? You can think Absolutely. that you have whatever the idea is all sorted, right? You right that you know um, what your beliefs are on an idea, and they're never gonna change, and you because you just know whatever, and then something happens. You read a book, someone says something, you hear a song, yeah. whatever. And it becomes this invitation to die, right? To let yeah. these things die um, so that you can become something better. It's, yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah. I, uh, I spent the last six years as a bartender in the city of Atlanta. I'm glad you talked about this because I was going to try and circle back to it. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, while I was there, I, I made a, a really good friend who is quite the opposite of me. He's a 60-year-old anesthesiologist who spent his 20s and 30s uh, working with money. And he soon realized how much he hated it. And how he not only wanted to, but needed to do something that he would find more fulfillment in. And so he found that fulfillment in medicine. And he went to med school in his late 30s and is now the uh, resident uh, anesthesiologist at Emory Hospital. But he and I became the best of friends. And we still, even after I moved away, still talk today and our our relationship was a was a was a strange one 
and all of this makes sense uh, to our to the story that, that we're telling today. But uh, he and I were of very different political persuasions when our conversation started, and he had preconceived notions about me based off of those uh, those things and. I would always tell him, like, man, I'm, I'm not here to... Uh... Also, he was a... Uh, not only politically, but uh, in terms of religion and philosophy, we we also did not see eye to eye. And so we would have these conversations, and he's like, oh, man, you're just trying to convert me. Like, he'd just laugh it off after his, like, second or third drink. I'm like, dude that's not the case at all. I'm not trying to convert you. I'm trying to learn from you. You know, you have 30 odd years on me of life experience. And even prior to that, your first 30 years of living look completely different than my first 30 years of living. So your experiences from birth to 30 and from 30 to now tell a story uh, and, and paint a picture and I just want to hear it Yeah. because what that does for me is it allows me to see a, a worldview and to gain a perspective that otherwise I would not have had and if I am open to it I can learn a lot from it if I'm close to it and again this kind of goes to you know our ability to look at the life that we live and the circumstances of it as invitations into conversation. This was an invitation into a conversation with this man. This was not a moment for me to impress upon him my thoughts and my views. This was my opportunity to learn something. Yeah. And you know that's that for me is 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 a big deal um and and now you know that conversation with this doctor has has taken on a new face and has developed into a friendship and no longer is it you know the conversation of i just think you're trying to convert me now it is teach me i i want to learn i want to hear on both sides yeah you know it's 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 no longer um a defensive i have to preserve something there is only the you know the the fact that on its own my singular worldview is fragile right but tested against others tested against the books i read the things that I listen to, um, the conversations that I have, it begins to strengthen. It becomes to become less and less fragile. And as it becomes less fragile, so do we. Right. Right. So, uh, you know, that, that is, uh, that's a big part of it. Yeah. I mean, it, uh, you know, I don't know. We, we have to, when we, if we start a conversation um, yeah. in a way where we're trying to 
assert our dominance in that conversation and prove that we have the best ideas and whatnot. We're trying to, as the guy said, convert someone or whatever. Right. We're, we're missing an opportunity to to learn, to grow, to see the world from a different perspective that we couldn't possibly see because prior to that yeah. because we haven't had the same experiences, right? Right. And right. at least in my experience, um, folks, when you meet them at that point, most people will eventually <laughs> relax into like conversation. Yeah. And yeah. will open up to like what their vulnerabilities are and all that sort of thing so that it becomes a actual conversation as opposed to one person trying to assert themselves over the other blah 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 and when you when we can create like when you when we can create these conversations that have like that build they build value as they go on and as yeah, we yeah. as we look for different ideas and and seek out other ideas that will, as you said, test it and and help it That's good, build yeah. Yeah. strength. Right. Um, not only do do our ideas become stronger, but they evolve. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah and that's good. they they grow into something maybe that they weren't before, and it's impossible for them to evolve without that conversation with someone that on the surface maybe we have nothing to do with yeah for sure all right man all so right. i hear hey. i hear you like to to move heavy things is that is uh, that true i like to try to move heavy things it's a conversation that that i've been taking part in for a little while do i want to move these heavy things um I am, and I think I, I wrote it this way on uh, on my bio on the uh, Dead Man's Coffee Club Instagram. I am the most novice strongman this side of the Mississippi. Um, and I mean that. Uh, and that's not a bad thing either. I've, uh, I've, I've done two competitions, one sanctioned, one non-sanctioned. Um, and I've been training strongman for... Uh, three years now uh, but where where I've come from I think kind of adds some substance to where I am now um, which kind of again leads back into this uh, <laughs> I never did anything terribly physical until I was getting ready to get married um, before that, I mean, like I played like recreational, you know, basketball and, uh, my dad signed me up for football when I was in sixth grade and, uh, I played for a year and never again because it was traumatizing. Um, there's just something about being a, uh, uh an 80 odd pound kid and, being the the bull in the ring to this borderline 200 pound 18 year old who's in seventh grade uh it yeah i I will never forget that but 
um, outside of like recreational sports, I never, you know, did anything terribly physical. Um, into college, I was, I was relatively sedentary. I had bouts where I'd kind of go to the gym and I thought that I was doing something, but I really didn't even have a foundational understanding of, um, sets and reps and nutrition and programming. Um, I didn't know anything. And so I meet my wife and kind of have this realization of, of my own mortality and, uh, back to the dead man concept. Uh, I'm going to die one day. Uh, and sooner than later, you know, life is a vapor. It is fleeting. I am going to eventually die. I'm going to marry this woman. I'm going to have kids. We're going to have grandbabies. Grandbabies means that I'm old. Old means I'm about to die. Uh, and so I'm like, okay, if I'm going to make the most of this time with my wife, with my daughter, with my unborn grandchildren, uh, something's got to give. And so I was fortunate enough to be living with uh, one of my good friends who was a runner and he was very, very gracious and took me on runs where I could do intervals and eventually I was running full miles at a time. Two miles turns into three, three turns into five, five turns into eight. Uh, and now I'm running uh, 15Ks and half marathons. Uh, now my uh, mile is, is under seven minutes in, in races and I'm getting fairly good at something physical that I, I never thought that I would ever do. Um, motivated on the fact that I'm going to die. Motivated on the fact that I've, I've got a, a wife now. I've, I'll have a family one day and I want to maximize my time on this rock with them. Uh, and eventually I find the weight room again and fall in love. Like I have this love affair with the barbell and that becomes, uh, kind of my focus. I even like got a CPT from, uh, NASA, uh, became a personal trainer and started working at a gym. Um, and, you know, shout out to, uh, to Micah Hayes, who listened to the first episode, and I'm sure is going to listen to this episode, uh, for giving me a shot and helping me to develop because it was, you know, with, without that foundational experience, I don't think that I would have the knowledge and understanding um, of movement the way that I do today. Um, but again, I was still growing and evolving, and I remember sitting um watching youtube videos at my mother-in-law's house uh back when we were renting her house because we couldn't afford to live in the city um and i was watching strongman videos and mind you at my highest i was a very unhealthy 165 at my healthiest i was a uh skeletor of a man at 135 I'm six feet tall, so 135 spread on a six-foot frame. Like, I should have been in an ad campaign for, like, famine. <laughs> um, but I uh, 
I'm watching these strongman videos and uh, I just kind of have this thought like I shouldn't be able to do that I'm gonna do it um, and it was it was it was at that point that I uh, completely switched my my training from a, a very cross training you know uh, strength and conditioning sort of setup to almost no conditioning and a ton of strength I'm looking at on Craigslist for kegs and I'm uh, you know buying old military duffels and making sandbags and uh, next thing you know uh, a few years and 70 pounds later uh, I do my first competition and I sucked uh, but I did it and to me that was such a celebratory thing because again strong man if, if I look at the way that I am built the way that, that, that my body is uh, is wired I think I am probably geared more towards running but I was willing to say no uh, kind of screw genetics screw uh, you know any of the naysayers I am going to try this out and I'm going to defy uh, what I, I should be able to do um, and so yeah now I am the most novice strongman this side of the Mississippi uh, and I love it and I plan on doing more competitions and, and, and uh, you know hopefully one day God willing and the creek don't rise uh starting a gym where I can uh, teach uh, movement and have an emphasis on strongman because I think that it helps to make us uh, better people. I think that ob object moving uh, presents challenges that, that teach us uh, as, as good as any uh, professor could. Um, so yeah, it's a very oh. long winded, uh, story about my foray into movement and strongman, but, uh, yeah, It'll, I do like to try and move heavy things. I mean, it's an opportunity to become a better person. Right. And that's, uh, that was part of, that was part of the, the reason we connected in the first place too. Yeah, bro. Um, on my, <clears throat> on my side of the deal. Um, I played talk about it. a couple of sports, but uh, I was most mostly average. And at my, I was also a thin dude back in high school. And at my height, uh, I was a goalkeeper in soccer. And so uh, playing at the next level um, was gonna be a stretch at my weight and height um, to get people to. I'm not tall for the position, right? I'm just shy of 5'10". You, if you're not six feet, they don't really want to talk to you about it. Right. And, uh, which is fine, right? It was a good opportunity. But one of my uh, friends who was on the team, he, uh, he passed away a few years ago, but he, um, he was kind enough to take me to the Y. So we were in the basement weight room of the Y, and he, you know, just going as hard as I could. That was kind of my introduction to the barbell. Yeah, and every, yeah. and you know, um, as I moved into, and I also like snowboarded and things like that. But when I 
got to university, right, I was, um, I tried distance running. Uh, uh, I got into yoga. I did a lot of, what's that? Fun fact, we were both also vegans for a, uh, a short season in life. Yeah, it was a not good decision (laughs) on my part. I was vegan and a long distance runner at the same time. I was real skinny. Same, same. Um, and you know a lot of body weight movements and whatnot and so i was in university i uh started out in education and i'm not trying to get into this right now but um <laughs> didn't like how they were doing things and yeah, i didn't yeah. i don't know why i didn't even think phys ed was an option of a teaching degree that was silly that could have been real cool but whatever i, I had gone in for history and then environmental studies and blah 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 a bunch of stuff and um but I, my my love of movement continued to kind of evolve. But I guess if I back up one step, the summer after I graduated high school, before all the yoga and nonsense started, I'm just kidding. It's not <laughs> nonsense. It's just part of it? part of the process. Um, but I was working at a pizzeria, and um, that summer they needed me to do a bunch of kind of odd jobs around the yeah. pizzeria at the owner's house and that sort of thing. And this is kind of where the the this is where the interest in it came from. I didn't take phys ed in high school. Little known fact. Um, didn't take it. Um, also didn't take art. <laughs> I was in the marching band. which covered both. <laughs> hey. um, but uh, <clears throat> I, on the first day of the summer, I hadn't slept the night before because uh, I was forced to go to the senior lock-in. And um, <laughs> my mother was working at it. And... Um, and we had to move an iron fence. We had to like take an iron fence to a recycling center. So this iron fence needs to get in the bed of the truck, the bed of the truck and to the place and then out and yeah, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And so continued the summer, right? Every day, ride my bike down the pizzeria over to the, his, his house and like check out what are, what's the thing we're moving today. Um, sometimes it was tile, sometimes it was lumber, sometimes it was big, heavy rocks, right? And uh, yeah. As yeah. I've already said, you know, I was a thinner dude. I was about but 45 and um but the thing needed to be moved. And so it got moved, right? And I figured out how to move it. There'd be days it was raining, whatever, and slate tabletops, whatever the thing was, it got moved. And I I realized through this, right? I just love moving and I love moving heavy things. I mean, I would like I would still go to the gym and do like a normal bodybuilder type workout but yeah yeah this was where i was just like i was outside i was moving the stuff and it it felt good right kind of forgot about it for the next few years yeah um as i was just exploring different kinds of movement um parkour type stuff may or may not have climbed some buildings at michigan state you guys can't (laughs) touch me anymore um yeah so And then it kind of circled back um, after another foray into uh, bodybuilding when I was in New Mexico um, and kind of fell back in love with it, right? I injured my foot um, or my ankle at that time and I had had this sandbag for a while and um, um, heard a podcast with this guy. He's, he's, I don't know, his name's Logan Gelbrick, and he said, it's not weird to carry heavy sandbags, and I'm like, 
damn straight it's not weird to carry heavy damn sandbags. straight. And I had one, right? I had a military duffel filled with pea gravel. And so that summer, uh, we used to live closer to this place called Belle Isle. And so I'd go out there and would just move it. And it, at its max weight, it was 110 pounds. So it wasn't a heavy, heavy thing. But I could yeah. adjust it because it had little mini bags inside of it that were made of duct tape and contractor garbage bags. And um, <laughs> I would carry it and I'd do all these things. And it's where I really just remembered why I yeah. fell in love with this thing to begin with. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of, I mean, it's evolved since then and it'll continue to evolve forever. I plan to uh, get into, uh, I, I'm really curious about jujitsu, which I hope to get into, you know, in the, in the future. Yeah. I, I like climbing. That's really interesting to me. Um, movement for me uh is how can it's it's like practical and playful right how can i be useful yeah, to yeah. the world and then how can i enjoy the hell out of this thing because Absolutely, i only yeah, to good. my to my knowledge right and it could be different i don't know but to my knowledge i only have one whack at this thing so i really just want to skid into home plate at the end covered in scars like having picked up a heavy yeah. stone and then like yeah died right there you know, yeah, that, um, that's good. so I, I just, it's really to just squeeze every drop out of life that I, uh, phys, physicality, movement, strength, all these things, uh, they matter to me. I have two sons. I yeah. want to play with them forever. Like yeah, man. with playground sports, whatever. I just want to be able to move. And, uh, so yeah, that's kind of my deal. And that's uh, awesome, bro. With that. Um, but again, as we kind of both alluded to, it's uh, just an opportunity to get better. That uh, phys- the, the physical nature of it kind of pairs really well with uh, the conversation part of it. You know. Yeah. All right. Dude. I like it. I um, like it. Do we want to? What do you think? Do we want to jump into some of these? Yeah, let's, quick let's questions? move into some, into some of these questions. Let's uh, just kind of do a rapid fire sort of thing. We'll shoot a question and i will do my best to give a short answer oh Uh, it's it's the most amazing thing to listen to you talk because i think part of it is that and people don't we haven't said this yet but we live in different parts of the country and i think and we've never met we've never met in person either formally yeah um it's okay you know it took me three years to meet logan in person so um and shout out to logan because without logan uh this conversation wouldn't be happening he uh functional coach at functional coach uh you you owe this man a follow on instagram if you're not already uh but uh he shouted uh tyler out on uh, his instagram story and i remember just going to it and being like man i can get behind this guy uh he seems like he's in a a very similar uh stage of life and uh, lo and behold, even more similar than I thought. Uh, so, Logan, uh, if if you listen to this at any point, thanks because uh, I'm glad to have this conversation. Oh, for um, sure. Questions. We've got questions and answers. Um. All right. So, how do you like your coffee? Uh, I like my coffee. Uh, I, I say this to make people feel weird. Uh, I like my coffee the way I like my women, strong and black. Um, 
I, I like my coffee black. <laughs> so do I. Um, it's funny when most students don't um, actually know. For I I don't I don't tell them anything about me. Just to yeah. let them kind of figure it out as life happens and. So that, you know, some kids are still just learning, like, this week that my well, my wife is black, my stepson's black, and, you know, life yeah, looks yeah. different for Mr. Fleming, you know, than you might expect when you look at him in his big old beard. But um, <laughs> I similarly uh, like my coffee black. I drink terrible but amazing Cafe Bustelo because um, <laughs> it's stuff. quick and easy. anybody says. And... Um, yeah, that's that's my favorite way. And if anything, just add some uh, goat's milk to it, and I'm feeling pretty sure. good about it. All right. Um, it's unfortunate because you can't see this list of questions. <laughs> so, that's, that's all right. Favorite books growing up? Favorite books growing up. Um, a lot of you do not know this, but... Uh, I, I am a, a writer. I have uh, authored a um, a fantasy fiction, and I hope to write lots and lots of books uh, into my old age, uh, and hopefully, maybe make money doing it. Um, but I first got interested interested in reading anything uh, from uh, Brian Jeek's Redwall series. I, I don't know if some, you know about I those. read some of those. Those are good. I don't know if you can see it because it's dark out here, but that is a... Uh, a That's amazing. Oh, my gosh. I loved those books. That was, that was kind of my ode to, uh, to Brian Jakes for, uh, and a thank you for um, making me give a damn about reading. Give a brief, like, just synopsis. Like, what is... All right. Because it's, it's, it's pretty... It's a story. This is a, a series, a world, if you will, of anthropomorphic animals who live in a freaking abbey. Uh, and it's this kind of, like, medieval sort of, you know, uh, post... Uh, not post, like, pre-industrial revolution sort of... Uh, you know, setting and all of these animals are, you know, they're they're pirates or they're again in this abbey or they're there's they're mice with no, swords, noblemen and warriors, <laughs> mice with swords. There are badgers with armor covering their body who live inside of a freaking mountain. Yeah. It's great, and it's never too late to read those damn books. I forgot I, about I still those. read them. Uh, so yeah, uh, favorite books growing up, hands down. Brian Jake's Redwall series. That's that's Fire awesome. Um, I mean, it's it's for anyone about my age. It's uh, it's probably something similar to this, but J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter series yes, is. Sir. Um, and it actually because I was cool at one point and I read books <laughs> like Redwall when I was little, and then I hated reading for several years. I'm a bit of yeah. a slower reader, and I'm working on it, but um. I just wouldn't do it because it was, I'd just get frustrated. And uh, right. so J.K. Rowling's series kind of brought me er, back from the edge. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. Into yeah. The, the the wizarding world of Harry Potter. And it's funny because, uh, yeah, the, I mean, I ha I'm, the books are right there, right, on the shelf. And, yeah, man. Um, yeah, it's they, they, were, they, were, they were fantastic. And, you know, 
I think there is, I read a lot of serious stuff now, but I think uh, there's value, and I think it's interesting that there's, both of us had kind of more fantasy kind of books that did yeah, it for us, yeah. but uh, is there's value, I think, in some of the fantasy stuff, in the, the fictional stuff that, um, I was just reading something the other day, that sometimes there's more truth in fiction than yeah, yeah. in stuff that tries to be very accurate and true. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, favorite current author. Uh, favorite current author. Um, man, I hate to do this. Uh, Thomas Merton uh, right now is is uh, the the person that I cannot get enough of, and he's long dead. Uh, but he was a Trappist monk, uh, hailing from Kentucky. Uh, or that's that's where the monastery was, rather, um, where he uh, did most of his uh, his monking. I was um, I was hoping you were gonna say monking. Oh. Yeah, I did, uh, and I don't think that's a word, but damn it, it is today. Um, but I uh, I have this love affair with uh, mysticism and uh, monasticism that. Um, have really helped me to develop my kind of awe of God, uh, as I, as I see it, uh, and, and, and kind of make it, um, this like deep and beautiful, uh, and, and mysterious relationship. Uh, so Thomas Merton, uh, is kind of one of my heroes and I always keep a Thomas Merton book in rotation. Um, like I could be reading 10 books and one of them will always be a Merton book. How about you? Um, so I also keep several books in rotation. That's probably doesn't help the situation where I read slow, but one of the authors I've been introduced to in the last few years, that's really helped me kind of, um, break through some old mind, like mindsets and whatnot. His name is Nassim Nicholas Taleb. Um, yeah. his most recent book is skin in the game. I'll probably get to it in three years. Um, <laughs> but, um, he was a, uh, options trader in, on uh, like in the world of options trading, I guess, but he's also a thinker and whatnot. And one of, um, and professor and stuff like that. But one of his kind of ideas, which I'm working my yeah. way towards this book is called anti anti-fragility or being anti-fragile and um so it's been interesting for me to delve into this world that i've kind of not intentionally not gone into anything dealing with money and um dealt with someone who you know regularly had seven eight figures of of money that they were messing with um yeah on the daily and uh how some of those principles and concepts translate into education into life and so that's oh, yeah. been uh, super dope for me. Nice. Um, and if you have any other questions too, just like feel free to hop in. But I, I copy and pasted some of these. Um, <laughs> that works. That works. Um, favorite musical artist? Musical artist uh, Stevie Wonder. Um, hands down, over the span of uh, my very limited. Uh, kind of, you know, musical knowledge, 
uh, Stevie Wonder gets me. Uh, and again, I think I, again, just because of my love affair with, with mysticism, I think that a lot of his music kind of alludes to, uh, his beliefs and worldviews and, uh, he's just a happy dude. I was, I was having a conversation with a guy, uh, one of my best friends who he, he just is, is pained by Stevie Wonder's, uh, incessant happiness and I'm like dude i i aspire to that i aspire to be as happy as stevie wonder and hearing that that kind of music uh it, it it gets me fired up but it also uh it also kind of gives me a uh a mark that i i want to try to to aim at in particular areas of my life, uh, just because, again, the dude seems happy as hell, uh, and his music reflects it, and I like it. Um, so, I like music. Um, I historically have not listened to the words in things, and I just listen to music. I actually used to play music when I was a kid, and it was a, it was a thing. Um, and so, as you were talking, I was like, hmm, I have no idea, but I'll say Miles Davis for the moment. Um, I played trumpet, and I think having a understanding of music around jazz and things like that, and um, I, I, I'm terrible with musicians' names, and knowing <laughs> what song I'm listening to, and everything like that, but... Um, I appreciate a lot of different music, like yep. musical genres. I love hip hop. I love, actually, I've you know, there's been times in my life where I've come to appreciate a uh, country. You know, um, I was yeah. working with a contractor, and that's it was that or classic rock, and I chose I just country. acquired Waylon Jennings' greatest hits on vinyl, mm -hmm. and I'm pretty jazzed about it. That's awesome. Um, so I, uh, yeah, I'd say Miles Davis, but mostly just jazz music in general. Nice. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's where I kind of go to a calm place when that comes on. And, uh, a guy that I've really dug lately is from new Orleans, uh, Christian Scott. And then he has a couple other names that he has, but, um, he's a young black guy artist from new Orleans who is really doing some cool things with jazz. He's also a trumpet player, and his nice. Google him. This, his, his trumpet is gold and like bent in all these I'm, crazy. I'm gonna ways. have to check him out. It's, yeah, it's dope. Um, okay, uh, hometown. Hometown. Uh, I am from and now live in Albany, Georgia, uh, Southwest Georgia, smallish town. Um, I moved away to, um, pursue my bachelor's in Atlanta, thought I had to get away from, uh, the small city living, stayed there for 12 years, met my wife, uh, started my family, uh, worked as a bartender, as a personal trainer, all that fun stuff. And then my wife and I realized that we wanted to slow life down and I realized how much I uh, loved and missed my hometown and wanted to be a part in making it a better place 
So we moved back. So I live in my hometown now. Cool, cool. Uh, I'm from Kalamazoo, Michigan. I wasn't born there, but it's where I was raised. I lived in like yeah. five cities before I was five or something like that. And uh, that's home for sure. The great I, yeah. I call the Great Lakes home because um, I was born in Wisconsin, lived, lived in... Missouri, Missouri's not really in the Great Lakes, but uh, <laughs> Indiana and then Michigan um, were kind of, you know, so right around Lake Michigan specifically, that's kind of my, that's where I pretty much call home is that space because um, it's, uh, it's an important one to me. And I really appreciated it when I lived away from here because um, yeah. water is a thing. So um, <laughs> uh, what did you study in college? Uh, religious studies. Um, a religious studies major, uh, which uh, is is why my brain works the way that it does. Uh, I, it, it, in an academic setting, religious studies is very interdisciplinary and focuses more on a survey of various religions and the sociology and anthropology and psychology of those religions and how we interact with them and so that is why i am a wreck today (laughs) well you probably know how to think which is a cool thing um i studied arts and humanities michigan state uh and i was in a residential college there that i never lived in but um i did a lot of studied and did practiced a lot of community education type deals as well yep. as like art that had some sort of social pur- justice purpose. Um, yeah. Built some lowrider bikes with some uh, urban native kids and screen nice. printed a whole bunch and did some really cool stuff and had some amazing mentors there. And uh, that's awesome, man. also studied secondary ed for my master's, but that's also just because I'm stupid. So, <laughs> um, what else? Uh, anything else that you can think of? There's. I have a couple more, but I feel like we're we're running Let's into your time. Let's pick one more. Pick pick a good one, and we'll, uh, we'll <sighs> spend a few minutes there and wrap it up. Okay. Um, favorite way to challenge your brain or self lately? Favorite way to uh, challenge myself or my brain lately? Uh, shoot, living man. Uh, that's that for me right now and and specifically right now in life is uh, is a pretty uh, a pretty big deal. I moved back home and just kind of acclimating to the slower pace of life and a line of work uh, for those of you who, uh, who don't know? I am currently uh, in the um, in the business of surface cleaning, um, the the luxurious life of of cleaning carpet and tile and upholstery and hardwoods and restoring water damage and uh, all sorts of fun stuff. So, uh, never in a million years would I would I thought that I'd be doing. Uh, at the ripe old age of 30 but uh that's why i say life is my currently what what is 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 teaching me and helping me to grow the most because 
I am having to learn how to uh, how to learn from where I am currently, uh, the city that I live in, how how different the people are, uh, the culture at work, uh, going into people's homes and seeing the books on their shelves or the news network they listen to or hearing their worldviews and learning how to be open. Um, so right now, the, the, the phase of life I am has been my greatest teacher and uh, is, is currently shaping how I think and am and, 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 and developing. Oh, man. Well, yours is maybe more interesting, but I think they both are related. Um, <laughs> my favorite way to challenge my brain lately is playing chess. <laughs> um, yeah. Whether that's with my eight-year-old super son or my homie who is uh, home in Dubai and we can't FaceTime because it's illegal there. So we okay. uh, play chess through iMessage and uh, or playing students at school. It's... Uh, I'm. I have a big picture brain. Um, yeah. The, the fine details are a little bit uh, challenging for me sometimes. So it's uh it's been a really good uh, opportunity to to grow. Um, and just to give more context to in in my day to day, because Anthony shared, uh, I, I'm a phys ed teacher, phys ed and health teacher, high school teacher. Uh, and we're currently living, well, we live out just outside of the city, um, but uh, I teach in Detroit, uh, actually the whole, it, I teach in Detroit at the oldest high school in uh, in the state. So, wow. yeah, it started yep. in like 1800s. Um, the original <laughs> campus is downtown Detroit. Um, yeah. Actually, it's used by the, the university here now, so it's crazy. Wow, wow. But, um, yeah, I was just talking to one of our coaches yesterday. He started working at Central in the 70s as a biology teacher. And Lord, have mercy. That's right after the uh, state desegregated. Um, yeah. And, wow. Or, well, yeah, it start, busing started right back then. So yeah, that's yeah. a different conversation for a different day. Um, <laughs> and we're going to have that conversation, damn it, one day. That, that'll actually be fascinating because, I mean, sorry, people, I'm going to just go here for a second. But uh, so <clears throat> Georgia and Michigan um, are in different parts of the country, if you didn't know your geography. And um, one is considered a southern state and one of them is considered a northern state. And I'm sure uh, I don't know where the Dixie line is, but I'm pretty sure you're south of it. Um, oh yeah, well, <laughs> that Mason Dixon line, or uh, Dixon line, excuse me. But um, yeah, and so the way people operate around race is kind of a different deal yeah, up man. here. Yep. I don't know how different it is though. In reality, uh, crazy news stories come out every day. Um, but folks, uh, this has been the second first episode of the Dead Man's yeah, Coffee yeah. Club. You can find us on the Instagrams at. The Dead Man's Coffee Club. Uh, we're on the iTunes, and I'm going to try and add us to some of the other internet podcast radio stuff um, <laughs> this week. Yeah. And if, please, this is an invitation into the conversation, right? As we both kind of alluded to, um, this is not about us pushing some agenda, right? 
Um, it's about a conversation and a conversation that is inviting folks to evolve, including ourselves. It's because Anthony are already and I are already in the conversation that's trying to evolve that we yeah. started this to begin with. Um, and so this is an invitation. So if you'd like to direct message us and have a conversation that way, either of us Absolutely. individually or the show itself, if you want to post comments and hate us or love us or give us feedback, negative feedback is best uh, because failure is just an opportunity to learn. Um, Amen iTunes reviews, I hear are a thing. So if you want to do that, um, you know, but Anthony has a day in the city that is about to, you know, yeah, happen in my, a couple uh, hours. So. My wife's birthday weekend is upon oh, us. Well, happy so. early birthday or birthday. Um, oh, yeah. Cool. Well, yeah. If, if there's nothing else you got, Anthony, uh, thank I'm, you for listening, I'm good folks. To go. Yes, sir. Thank you for listening. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. All right. Bye bye. Hit on record. Jesus. <laughs> so, the good thing.